Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. And now the news. I've had two separate conversations this past week with backpackers interested in hitting the Dolly Sods area of West Virginia and wondering about the area's current accessibility. Well, according to the Monongahela National Forest, both roads into Dolly Sods, Forest Road 19 and Forest Road 75, are now open. Dolly Sods is a unique and popular area of the Monongahela, known for its curious combination of bogs and elevation. Much of the area is around 4,000 feet and offers some stunning views. The wilderness portion of the Dolly Sods area consists of nearly 18,000 acres. Because of the sensitive nature of the area and its popularity, the forest reminds visitors to observe these leave-no-trace principles. Plan ahead and prepare. Travel and camp on durable surfaces. Dispose of waste properly. Leave what you find. Minimize campfire impacts. Respect wildlife be considerate of others. It's always good to review those leave-no-trace principles. The Blue Ridge Parkway has a new superintendent, and it's encouraging to see that the new super has both widespread National Park Service experience and is also of the region. Tracy Swartout, whose appointment is effective May 23rd, grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, and earned a bachelor's degree in geography from the University of South Carolina. In her 21-year National Park Service career, she has served as superintendent at Congaree National Park in her home state. She's led the National Park Service Business Management Group, consulting with parks across the country, including the Blue Ridge Parkway, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and the Shenandoah National Park, and most recently was deputy superintendent at Mount Rainier National Park in Washington State, where she'd been for the last nine years. She also holds a Master's in Environmental Study from the University of Waterloo in Canada and has completed completed postgraduate work in Environmental Management and Coastal Geology at Duke University. That is one wide swath of experience she brings to her new position with the Parkway, one of the most visited of our national parks. If you've recently been liberated from having to report to the office and can work anywhere you desire, West Virginia wants you. According to Blue Ridge Outdoors, West Virginia has unveiled Ascent WV, an incentive program to lure remote workers with an adventurous bent to relocate to the mountain state. The program, funded by West Virginia natives Alice and Brad Smith, offers $12,000 cash and an outdoor recreation incentive package to adventurous types who relocate. Initially, recipients must settle in Morgantown, with more towns expected to be included in the program soon. There are no springs attached to the $12,000 in cash. Use it for moving expenses, for a down payment, for a new fleet of kayaks. Other incentives include free co-working space, including access to free outdoor gear rentals, a free year of outdoor recreation valued at 
$2,500. Not exactly sure what all that includes, but it does sound like a good thing. And the opportunity to earn remote work certifications through West Virginia University. The relocation package's total value is estimated at more than $20,000. The median price of a home in Morgantown, FYI, is $188,700, some $42,500 less than the U.S. median home price. Learn more about the program at www.ascendwv.com. And that's the news. Last year, we were forced to avoid indoor entertainment like, well, yes, like the plague. The only safe place for us to retreat was the outdoors, and more people than ever did just that. National parks saw record attendance. Even those that were forced to close for a more than a month saw record attendance. State parks did as well. The latter, in fact, often had to close their gates shortly after opening just to keep too many people from gathering too closely. Some park visitors were content to queue up and wait an hour or more until someone left the park so that they could get in. The outdoors is safe, we were told, so we took refuge there. Now, as spring blooms and as the number of Americans to get vaccinated grows, we're at 25% as of this podcast, and we can see an end to having to isolate and mask in public, the question is, will the masses who discovered the outdoors in 2020 take up permanent residence? With the option of going to the neighborhood pool or to the movies or to the mall, will people stick with the trail instead? There's no yes or no answer. But it is an answer that has only an upside. No, not everyone who discovered the outdoors in 2020 will stay outdoors, at least not to the degree that they did last year. You will see more people on the trail this year, even as the quarantine eases, but not as many as last year, not nearly as many. And you certainly won't see them in the more remote places you most love to go. One reason? The mass appeal of the outdoors last year was focused on the trails most easily found, at park visitor centers, for instance, where you tend to find the easiest trails to hike. Those trails are typically well-blazed, typically well-maintained, typically less challenging. No creeks to rock hop across, no boulder fields to navigate, no downed trees to climb over. The trails, that is, that just about anyone can do. These trails are also easy to find because they have an address. Plug the address into your GPS and a friendly voice dictates your every turn. No following sketchy directions given by a friend involving a quote right turn at the farmhouse right out of the Waltons, nor a left at the mailbox marked the Barefoots in barely legible whitewash. Nor there's no pretending not to notice the no trespassing signs along the way. And gravel roads? Ha! Surely you jest. These people are not taking their Cadillacs down country roads. And then there's the big weed out. Restrooms. No restroom at the trailhead? With running water, it doesn't need to be added. That eliminates about half the potential hiking population. Might as well suggest taking a hike through Middle Earth or to a place on the map marked Dagons Be Here. So yes, many people will be back crowding the same places they crowded last year, the hiker-friendliest of trails. And that's okay, because they aren't generally the places you like to go. And if those are the places you like to go, well, this could be the year to expand your horizons. One more reason the trails won't be as crowded this summer as last, the heat. 
Here in the southeastern U.S., even avid hikers tend to avoid the trail in summer, at least at lower elevations. If you really long for those abandoned trails of yore, you'll invest in good, breathable clothing, and you'll pack your water bottle full of ice, and you'll suck it up. You'll focus on trails along water, trails that are a little wider or that follow ridgelines to capture those rare breezes, trails with a thick canopy overhead to block out the sun. A good canopy can shade the temperature by 10 degrees. And about the upside from all those folks being exposed to the outdoors last year. For many, it was, hopefully, an awakening, an opportunity to, perhaps for the first time, get out and experience and appreciate nature. You appreciate the natural world, you're more apt to want to protect it. That's a fact that politicians are already starting to pick up on. So yeah, maybe there will be an extra hiker or two on the trail from here on out. But with increased pressure on our elected officials to protect the outdoors, we should start seeing more places to enjoy them. The key is for us to continually remind those who represent us to represent us by supporting public. The key is for us to continually remind those who represent us to represent us by supporting public lands. That's our show for this week. I hope you liked it and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. Coming up, we have, in May, we have a three-day, 19-mile trip that starts and ends at the Big East Fork Trailhead in the Pisgah National Forest of North Carolina and takes in a goodly portion of the Shining Rock Wilderness area. This trip is the weekend of May 7th through 9th. In June, we have our first big trip of the season, a four-day, three-night, 35-mile trip to the vaunted Virginia Triple Crown. Yep, Cap McAfee Knob, Tinker Cliffs, and the Dragon's Tooth all in one trip, not to mention a slew of great views along the way. This trip is June 24th through the 27th and also includes a training component for those who worry they aren't in shape for a 35-mile trip that gains more than 8,500 vertical feet. If you're not a backpacker but would like to be, we have a Get Backpacking Intro to Backpacking class in June. This three-part course includes a Zoom gear session, a five-hour infield training session, and a three-day, two-night graduation trip to North Carolina's South Mountain State Park. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at getgoingnc.com. Click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism or maybe a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore. Explore.